Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to our Monday night Bible study on TalkShoe. Appreciate you folks there in the chat room being there tonight. It's a blessing to see you there. Thank you for being faithful. May the Lord richly bless you. The Bible says, He that is faithful in the least is faithful in that which is much. And there is more truth to that you could possibly imagine. I've watched it over the years. You take a little bit of people always, and I'm sure Brother David's seen this too. They want to they want to be in a big deal. They want to show forth a, a big faithfulness. But what they do, they may do it a couple of times and they fall short. But somebody that just is steady, does the little things right, and is always faithful, you can count on them. You can count on them. You can count on them. You agree with that, Brother David? Yes, definitely. I've watched There's nothing wrong with the big ones, but uh, it's better to be steady. Amen. Faithful, he that is faithful in least is faithful in that which is much. And, folks, I really do appreciate your faithfulness, the ones that's there. I really and truly do. Um, I think I mentioned something about it last night, um, and I'll probably mention something about it tonight. Anyway, tonight, folks, we're going to... Um, be in Luke chapter 3. Uh, to start with, I'm going to tie up a few loose ends that we uh, left hanging last night with the divine council and a couple of things about the Word of God and a little bit on Christian judgment. I made a comment last night that, yeah, folks, you better hope to God that you're chasing here instead of waiting till later. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to... I'm going to give some, uh, I mention it all the time about judicial and fellowship. Tonight, I'm, I think I'm going to give you the scripture that backs up exactly what I'm talking about. The judicial state of an individual plus the fellowship and the daily walk part and the scriptures to back it up. Anyway, Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Certainly. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight again, Lord, and we lift you up. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus Christ, for your walk here on earth, for establishing the means by which people can be saved, people can be regenerated, people, your people especially, the Israel of God, can come into your presence without shame through the blood of Jesus. And Father, tonight we eagerly anticipate that your Spirit will again reveal to us the truths and the hidden things in the Word of God to us. Help us to be matured through this understanding and let your Spirit evoke in us and stir us up to good works in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, folks... Like I said, I'm going to tie up a few loose ends. I was talking about the divine council last night, and I was fixing to go to the judgment of those guys. And Brother David brought up that point that I should mention about Michael standing for the children, for our people. And that was good that he brought that up. I was, I, I just assume that everybody knows it, all right? And I, I, I assume a lot of stuff, folks, and I shouldn't do that. But I'm, I keep, I'm always afraid that I'll sound too redundant over and over and over again talking about the same things. And I know I do it anyway, and I try to hold down, but I shouldn't assume anything. I, I should just go ahead and do it and let the chips fall where they may. But anyway, to the Divine Council, I showed you their beginnings. I mentioned that Deuteronomy 32 plainly tells you that they were, they were set over the nations, and then I, I showed you that they have their, their council workings in chapter 82 of the book of Psalms, the conspiracy in Psalms chapter 2, what's going to, be, what's going to wind up and be the, the end-all conspiracy. I mentioned that. But anyway, I showed you some of their decrees, give you the example of the decrees in Daniel chapter 4 where the decree was made by the watchers, the holy ones, toward Nebuchadnezzar. I took you and I showed you the battle that takes place in the heavenlies in Daniel chapter 10. Showed you the prince of Persia and the prince of Grecia, the example that the Bible gives to let you know that it's true. And then I took you a little bit deeper into some doc. It's really, that's doctrinal theological stuff, folks. When I talked about when I went into that uh, race mixing stuff and, and took it on down deeper into the divine council, you want uh, the Lord gave me that last night. I had ne- it had never occurred to me what was going on till last night about middle ways into the program. The Lord started showing me that stuff with all the scripture to back it up. And I brought it to y'all. That's the way the Lord works, folks. And th- th- these people that that just think that you read something one time, that's all it is, like I mentioned last night, it's just ludicrous that there would be that way. Anybody that hadn't had the experience of reading the same chapter over and over and over again, thinking you got it down, and then coming back another day and reading it, and all of a sudden you see something different, something new. See, that's the Spirit of God. I'm, I, I hope you've had that experience. Brother David, I know you have. I've heard you oh, talk certainly. about it. That's the Spirit of God revealing, folks. <clears throat> you grow. It's the perfecting process in knowledge. You grow. You're at certain levels. And if you take the light, 
that the Father gives you and you do what you're supposed to do, he will give you more light at his time, on his timetable, okay, according to his pleasure. But if you refuse to walk in the light that you're given, you will never proceed any further, period. Rest assured, that's just as solid as any kind of doc, any other doctrine. You have to walk in the light that God gives you and apply yourself in that light. If not, you're just going to circle around, circle around, circle around. And that's what has happened to 99.9% of these folks out there in nickel Christianity. All you hear is either Greek or all you hear is Abraham's father of many nations, Jew bad, white right, white right, Jew bad. That's all you hear. Period. Because they will not study. They deny the book. They absolutely destroy the word of God. There is no fear of God in their eyes. You, How do I know that? Am I judging? Absolutely. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. You can tell the tree by the fruit it bears. That's from God manifesting the flesh telling you that. That's not Brother Don's opinion. All right? So when I'm throwing out those accusations, there's I don't I don't even um, anyway anyway I'm gonna get off that. But anyway, the divine council turned to um, Isaiah chapter 24, brother, and let's look at the okay. judgment of these guys. All right, that's where we were going last night when uh, brother David brought up that about Michael. I want you to read the last four verses in um, Isaiah chapter 24. This is their judgment. This is what this is um, their final deal. All right, God says you're going to die like men, and we're going to see. He's going to tell you right here, and it's going to be plain as day. Okay. Isaiah twenty four twenty, years shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed. When the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. There you go. The host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth which are upon the earth. I don't see how you could get any clearer of an illustration. Do you, Brother David? No, that's very clear. That's just is that sticks out. And, and folks, believe it or not, believe this or not, I had somebody argue with me over such a clear, clear verse of Scripture because they don't believe in a divine counsel. They don't believe that. They, they, anyway, anyway. All right, that's the judgment of the divine counsel right there. They're going to be judged by the Father. Okay? 
All right? The next thing that I want to tie up has got to do with the epistles, the Pauline epistles, being just as much the Word of God as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Micah, Habakkuk. Amen. All that. I want to. I want to. I want to slam the door shut on anything out there that you may hear. They won't touch this verse. All right. Peter gives you the witness of Paul being a beloved apostle and talks about his writings. That Peter didn't even understand them, folks. I've made mention about this ad nauseum. But Paul makes it plain in the very book, Brother David, we were in Thessalonians last night, and he made mention of that talking about the Word of God. Well, in writing to the same people, this is what the Apostle Paul said. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, brother, or chapter 2, and read verse 13. Chapter 2, verse 13. This is it. This nails it down, period. This is one of the memory verses that we had when I was in Bible college. Oh, okay. First Thessalonians 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Watch it close, folks. Watch the words. Watch the words. Go ahead. Because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectively effectually worketh also in you that believe. Bingo. Bingo. Let me read it one more time for them. Go ahead. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that, what? Believe. Amen. Amen. You can't get any clearer, folks. You can't get any clearer. And they will spend hours and months and page after page and video after video. Those Paul bashers out there will. They won't deal with that unless they try to destroy it. Oh, that's why they want to destroy your book, folks. If you have, if you, if the red flags, I've harped on it till it makes you sick. I know it does, most of y'all. It even makes me sick to have to mention it over and over again. But as long as the attacks are coming, I'm going to mention it. They have to destroy the book to teach their doctrine. Everything that I teach you. Everything about the Anglo-Israel truth, what I teach you, I have never had to you tear the book up. I've never had to go to another translation. Never had to. I've done it for some of y'all's benefit when I like when we went to the Septuagint the other night. But I, everything I've learned about the Anglo-Israel truth came from a King James Bible, folks. All right. If I couldn't have learned it. If the Lord hadn't showed me the Anglo-Israel truth in the King James, but I never would have bought it. I never would have signed on. And all these excuses, well, it makes it easier. No, 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 no. Once you start tearing down the standard, then you have messed it all up. I've said this ad nauseum. 
If it ain't thirty, if it ain't twelve inches, folks, it's not a foot. You can't have different ideas about how 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 long a, a foot is, and every and you just can't do it unless you want confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. All right, now that's just the way it is. Like it or lump it. <laughs> like it or lump it. That's just the way it is. Okay. The next thing that I wanted to hit on just a little bit is I haven't done this, I didn't make mention of this before, when I was talking about historicism and moderate futurism, I wanted to explain something to you. I'll explain something to you about literal interpretation versus allegory and metaphor. You check this out. Hey, don't take my word for nothing I say, folks. You check it out yourself. Then you come to your own conclusion. Every time a speaker in the Word of God makes reference to another part of the Scriptures, like Jeremiah makes a, a reference to Daniel, or Daniel makes a reference to Jeremiah, or the Lord makes a reference back to Daniel, every single time they take what they say 100% literal. No metaphor, no mystery. No allegory. Every person in the Scripture that quotes the Scripture from some other writer takes the literal interpretation. Did you know that? Does that tell you anything? See, I'm sure that probably y'all didn't even have a clue that anything about that. That's just one of the things I, I, did, I don't ever talk about. Like when Daniel's talking about he learned about the 70 years from, from Jeremiah, he takes the literal 70 years. There's no secret. He takes the literal interpretation. The Lord does the same thing referring back to Daniel. That ought to say, hmm, if they did it, then it should be. Uh, seems like it ought to do the same thing. That's what your church fathers came to the realization of that's why they stuck with the literal interpretation for the first 400 years. Then, as usual, you know, the high-minded hotheads came in with their fluffed-up allegory and metaphors. Anyway, just thought I would drop that little nugget on you. Check it out. Don't take my word for nothing, folks. Okay. We got that out of the way about the judgment of the divine council. I want to go, and I want to remember last night when I said something to you folks about the race mixing and tied it in with these these uh, divine heavenlies over the different nations of the earth. I think I mentioned to you last night that if 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 the head of those principalities and powers had their way. They would take, they would boil everything like boiling the frog in water. Satan would take his own happy time and let it creep, 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 creep till everybody was sucked in. But he has a problem. Turn to Daniel 11, Brother Dave. Okay. He has a problem. When he runs, see, the Father is in control of all things, okay? He has to bow the knee to God the Father. And when God the Father says, and I know you wonder, well, why don't God the Father do it? Folks, it's all about his pleasure. You can ask him one day, okay? I don't have the answers. I just know everything that's done, everything that was created, 
every minute thing is for his pleasure. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, Ephesians chapter 1. It's for his pl- and other places. Even the very the will of God in your life, every step you take, the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. It tells you in Philippians, brethren, work out your own salvation. Not work for, work out your own salvation. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See? It's what he wants, folks. <laughs> and he can, it does not matter what you want. When it comes to that stuff, it just doesn't matter. His plan is set. His decrees are set. His time periods are set. And and everything in this universe has to rock and roll by his music. Whether they like it or whether they don't. Go down to verse 21, Brother David. I want you folks to watch this stuff because, like I said, if Satan had his way... Everything would rock along for the next 500 years, and and all of a sudden, everybody look around, and they would be sucked into every device of Satan, everything that he wanted to do. But for, like like Brother David brought up last night in, in, in Matthew, for the elect's sake, God has shortened the days. And we're going to look at some of that shortening in Daniel chapter 11. It's called his appointed times. When Satan runs up against an appointed time, he has to kick it in gear. And, folks, I'm going to say this, and we were talking about this before the program started. I thoroughly believe in my heart, this is my opinion, that we're running up close to some of these appointed times, and it's going to have to be kicked into high gear. Therefore, there will be some big things happen. That's my opinion. I may be wrong. These appointed times may be another 50, 60, 70 years out there. Don't know. But in my spirit and in my, and with my, in my opinion and what I know about the Word of God and looking around me, I think we're running up close on some of these appointed times that Brother David's fixing to read about. And therefore, Satan and all the divine counsel, the bad guys, they've got to kick it into gear and there will be some big things happen and people's eyes should start, if they know the book, their eyes should open, and it should awaken quite a few people. That's what it says in the book of Revelation, too, by the way. So, Brother David, go ahead and, and uh, okay. start reading in Daniel verse chapter 21. 11, verse 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person. Okay, to whom just stop right there. Remember last night when I wanted, when we'd done run three hours and I made mention to Brother Kevin and we hadn't got time to go to Daniel 11 because we were in Second Thessalonians talking about that wicked, that man of sin, that son of perdition, that son of Apollyon. All right? Well, we're going to read about him here in Daniel. Go ahead, brother. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Okay, you know in Second Thessalonians when they say peace, peace and sudden destruction cometh upon them as a woman with child. Go ahead, brother. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overthrown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. 
and after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully. For he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province. And he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey, and spoil, and riches. Yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. All right, folks, I could have done stop, Brother David, a, a dozen times. I'm trying to get on through this so we can get on into uh, Luke chapter 3. Just wanted to let you know, especially when he mentioned with the small people. Go ahead, brother. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. There you go. There's one of them time appointed. Go ahead, brother. Verse 28. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter, for the ships of Chittim shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the Holy Covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Okay, this is what the Lord warned against in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, folks. This is what he referred back to, this abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Go ahead, brother. Verse 32, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. There Yet will be they, no... Listen, folks. The people that do know their God shall do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Folks, you can't instruct nobody unless you know what the book says. Remember what I said last night? about your edification and turning around and being able to to apply it with a brother or a sister. 
first of all, your edification, and then you should be able to, to, to form it in your mind, and you should be able to help your brothers and sisters to keep them from being deceived and led astray by the heresies, false teaching, um, stuff that happens out in the world, the knowledge that you learn here. Folks, last night I went into some of the, it was doctrinal. I'm talking about D-O-C-T-O-R. That was doctrinal theological depth last night, all right? And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. That's the kind of stuff you deal with at the doctrinal level when you're in, in Bible college, okay? And I realize that I do a lot of that to a lot of folks that, that hasn't, that, that uh, they should, that they're still drinking milk. I understand that. But, folks, the times are short. Therefore, I dump it all out on one plate, eat what you can eat, and come back and, and eat some more later when, you, when you're able to bear it, all right? Take what you can take, use it for your edification, and learn it well enough to be able to apply it and help your brothers and sisters. If you don't, it ain't worth nothing. Knowledge puffeth up, folks but charity edified. If you can't take the knowledge and steer your brother and sister and learn it well enough yourself to be able to tell somebody else, you're missing the whole point of Bible teaching. You're missing the whole point of being here. Amen, Brother David? Yes, that's right. Go ahead, Brother, verse 33. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity, and by spoil, many days. You see, folks, there's going, if there's going to be a purging of the body of Christ. It, it's going to even tell you just in a few minutes about the purging that's going, that's going to go on. Knowing, understanding is not, is not a ticket out of persecution. All right, that's part of it. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not maybe, will. The kicker is living godly in Christ Jesus. That ought to speak volumes to a lot of folks. You're rest assured that it will come if you live godly in Christ Jesus. That's why Paul says, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Over and over and over again. It's not, it's not, it's mandatory for some things, folks. It's, that's part of the Christian life. That's what mainstream Christianity that's what 99.99% of all Christians has, has left the boat. They've left the boat of the church fathers. They've left the boat of the martyrs. It's all about happy, happy, feel good, everything's wonderful. Oh, make this money, this money, that money. Everybody smile happy. There's nothing about that in the New Testament, folks. It's just the opposite. Three quarters of the New Testament. I don't like it any more than you like it. I wished it was I wish the New Testament laid out Joel Osteen's plan. But it doesn't. I wished it laid out all these happy 
Judeo-Christian monstrosities churches. But they, it doesn't. It doesn't. You see, folks, I know how to get a, I know how to get a big congregation. I never will. I'll get a per, personal illustration. I remember preaching to 2,800 people at one time at Fraser Memorial Methodist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. It's the largest church, was the largest church in the state of Alabama. And you know Brother Don. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't no different than I am now with you. Out of 2,800 people, you know, I think maybe two people had something kind to say. Out of all that bunch, all right. Man, I'm sure, now I didn't go by each one of them. I'm just telling you that a couple, of, and they were from a, they were from a smaller place in Alabama. Had just come in to hear me preach. They didn't like what I had to say because all they heard dear, for ever since they'd been in that church was happy, happy, money, money, everything's wonderful. Okay, that Joel Osteen slant. That's why it was as big as it was. If I hey, I know how to go out there and build a big church. They taught us how to do it in Bible school. I know how to make a plan. I know what the things to say. I know how to be nice to everybody and just preach the positive stuff and make everybody feel good. But guess who's going to be held accountable for that at the judgment seat of Christ? You see, folks, I fear the Lord. We've gotten away from trembling at his word because we've all seen 50 million murders, 500,000 slashes, horror movie, everything. The TV has jaded our five senses. Used to, when you spoke what the book had to say, people trembled. I'm not going to go back there. I'm, I'm already starting to, to, to go through a bunch of time, and I said I told myself I wasn't going to do it, but I had to get this out, folks, okay? There's going to be a purging of pain. And knowing the book and understanding doctrine and loving the Lord is, got, is not the ticket out of the persecution. As a matter of fact, it's the ticket in. Oh, you don't like that, do you? Anyway, go ahead, Brother David. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Bingo, there's another time appointed. There's that purging. You think I was kidding? That's people that understand. That's people that love the Lord. That's people that's doing what they're supposed to do. And they're being purged and made white. The bride of Christ is going to be spotless and have no blemishes in the garment whatsoever, folks. The Lord's going to make sure of that. He's going to make sure of it. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. 
For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And Peter talks about, and after having suffered a little while, then you can enter into the knowledge of the Lord. Last part of chapter 4 in First Peter. For these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory, Paul says. While we look not at the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Go ahead, Brother David. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of little g gods, Mm -hmm. and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that is determined shall be done. Can't help but be done. Go ahead, brother. Amen. Neither shall he regard the god capital G, of his fathers. He's an Israelite, folks. He is an Israelite, part Israelite, the God of his fathers, big G, Jehovah. He will not regard the God of his fathers, so he's part Israelite. Go ahead, brother. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, Mm. nor regard any little G-God. For he shall magnify himself above all, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. And there's a capital G on that, God. That's right. And a God, small g, whom his fathers knew not, shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Folks, if you look at it in the Hebrew, if you want to go into the Hebrew... Just go check it out and put your hand over your mouth and you'll be shocked of what he's talking about here. I'm not even going to deal with it tonight or I'll be here for two hours. Go ahead, brother. Verse 39. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many. And he shall call. Did you see the what did you see, folks? The singular and the jump to the plural. Yes. Ha ha ha. Yes. The thems. That's right. That's the them. Go ahead, brother. And he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. He shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand even... Edom, and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, 
and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palaces between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Folks, I may just throw you a little nugget. There are no seas overseas. There's no eastern sea and western sea. He's planting his flag in between the seas when there's only one sea over there. I've went into it in programs gone by. In Joel, it talks about an eastern sea and a western sea. And the people, the Judeo-Christians, just read over that and won't deal with it. What They'll try to make it be the Sea of Galilee and the Salt Sea, the Dead Sea. No, dog won't hunt. Too many places. It's a big body of water. You can check it out in Hebrew. It's not a lake. Two seas, eastern sea and western sea. I wonder where that's at. Go ahead, brother. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palaces between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Isaiah chapter 19. Go ahead, brother. Finish it on out. And mountain represents government. Yep. Glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Amen. Praise be to God. He's got. He, he's in control, folks. But that's not going to keep the purging from taking place. See, you got some folks out there. Oh, God's in control. Yeah, He is. He absolutely is. Everything's at His appointed time when He's going to do it. But that didn't take away from all the purging and dying and killed by the sword and by fire and captivity a while ago, did it? No. Because his perfect will is going to be done. Because he is the creator. He is God the Father. And everything is according to his pleasure. All right. We got that out of the way. All right. Two more points I want to show y'all. How come I keep talking about this future stuff? All right. How, how, do, how do I come up? So there must be something in Scripture to show me that it's not, it wasn't just original intent. I didn't even show y'all these scriptures last night. But turn to Philippians chapter 3, brother. I'm going to show you the two witnesses that tell you that not only what the apostles taught, but there would be future knowledge revealed at a later time. They won't touch it with a ten-foot pole, folks. I'm going to show you. Philippians chapter 3. Read verse 14 and 15. Watch the wording. Philippians chapter I press three. toward yep I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus verse 15 let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded and if in anything ye be otherwise minded God shall reveal even this unto you different time not only what he knew then what they knew then but at a future Revelation. Go to Second Peter chapter one, brother. 
Second Peter chapter one, verse ten yes. through twelve. Okay. Verse ten. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fa- fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Watch it now. Watch it close, folks. Go ahead. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Bingo. The present truth with the implications of further truth coming later, okay? Anyway, Luke chapter 3. There's some more stuff, but we're going. if we don't get into Luke chapter 3, we're not going to. <laughs> we'll deal with this other stuff come Friday night. Luke chapter 3, Brother David. Okay. I'm there. Okay, you can go ahead and start reading in verse 1. We've dealt with okay. the first two chapters, and I made mention to you how precise Luke is. Okay, and and what he writes down, he is the most precise writer. Him and Paul had the best Greek, and Luke was better than Paul. All right, Luke was more precise. He was a doctor, folks. Okay, he was a doctor, and his Greek was flawless. And he goes into precise detail when he lays everything out. And I brought to your attention, been so long since we've been in Luke, I'm going to refresh your mind. I brought that point forward to you, folks, that. Luke had a more perfect knowledge than any of the other writers did, and I explained to you why. Because the Apostle Paul had the advanced revelation of the mysteries, and Luke was Paul's companion from Acts chapter 16 to the end of Paul's life. And common sense dictates that they didn't spend all those years together and not talk about the Word of God. (laughs) Luke and Paul collaborated for sure. Does the Bible say that? It doesn't have to say that, folks. It doesn't tell you every step the Lord took, but you know he took the next step. All right? Some things is just common sense, especially with a doctor that took care of Paul till he got his head chopped off, took care of his wounds, his pain, all that stuff, had to go with him wherever he went. He was the last one with Paul, the only one with Paul. When he gave his last answer, Demas forsook him, having loved this present world. He left Trophimus in Miletum sick. He couldn't even heal anybody at the end of his ministry. He raised people from the dead back in the book of Acts, but at the end of his life he couldn't even heal anybody. We'll get into that in the transition book of the book of Acts. But Luke stayed with him to the bitter end. So Luke's going to give everything in detail in superb Greek. He's going to be meticulous in his details. So here we go with Luke chapter 3. Okay, brother. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Ituria, and of the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, the Tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and 
Caiaphas being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Okay, we heard about, we saw about his birth, about the angel Gabriel coming, telling Elizabeth she's going to have a kid, then going to Mary, and then how Mary busted, you know, busted down, and they to Elizabeth, and they talked about what all was going on, you know. Both of them, and the, and the births were six months apart, so John the Baptist is six months older than the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? That's what we found out in the first two chapters. Okay, John, was a pre- he was um, should have been a priest, but he didn't like what was going on, so he took the prophet's side and went to the wilderness. Okay? Now we're going to hear about his ministry. And he's going to, we're going to start talking about John. John the Baptist, not Elijah. John the Baptist, not Elijah. Could have been, but he wasn't. And we'll get into more of that in the book of Acts when I explain it in detail. Go ahead, brother. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God, then shall he to the multitude, oh, sorry, let me start again. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be okay, baptized. Okay, I want you to stop right there. I want you to mm-hmm. stop right there and back up to verse 3. I'm going to make mention of a very important subject that is absolutely disregarded out there in today's quote-unquote Christian world. And they give lip service to this. And that's repentance. Folks, there, you, this is what you'll even hear among Bible believers. They'll give you the strict definition of repentance, which means a change of mind. Okay? But even though that's the strict definition, that's not the biblical definition. See? Change your mind, don't get, that's part of it. There's two parts to repentance, folks. And that's what's missing today. John came preaching repentance for the remission of sin. This was preparatory before the cross of Calvary. Not one of these people that were baptized by John, and the Lord was baptized by John, all the apostles that were baptized for the remission of sin. All right? But it didn't do anything for them as far as eternal salvation goes. It, 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 it put them in a holding position where they would be have the opportunity later, and I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. They didn't receive any Spirit of God. Going down there, the only one that got the Spirit of God was the Lord Jesus Christ. It descended on him like a dove. Repentance. What is repentance, Brother Don? It says in my dictionary, it's a change of mind. 
It sure is. It's a change of mind. But if it's a true change of mind and heart, there will also be a change of behavior. Amen. Because repentance always dictates a turning from something and a turning to. Did you hear what I said, folks? I'm fixing to give you. You know I got the scripture to back it up. I wouldn't be saying it. It's a turning from something and a turning to. It's not just a change of mind, even though that's the definition. But that's not the biblical definition, even though it's in the Bible. Do you see what I mean about Greek? You see, you can take a Greek meaning... And if you, oh, I'm going to go with the Greek. But the context will have all kind of different stuff that takes the meaning further. Case in point, repentance. John preached repentance, and they say, oh, it's okay, well, John preached it. That's not for today. That's not for us. Paul didn't preach repentance. Paul, we were supposed to be, come see if you remembered everything I taught you. We, Paul was a pattern for us, remember? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He was a pattern for all those that should hereafter believe on the Lord. He was the pattern. What did Paul preach? What was Paul's message? Turn to Acts 20, brother. Okay. Acts chapter 20. Mm-hmm. Start reading. I think okay. it's about verse 19, brother. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind? Um, go a couple of verses above that. Okay. Acts 20, verse 17. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shewed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul preached repentance all the way into the book of Acts, chapter 20, talking to the Ephesian elders. The farewell speech he made to the Ephesian elders, telling them that he he held back nothing that was profitable unto them, but taught them publicly and house to house. Repentance toward God and faith toward God our Lord Jesus Christ. Continue reading a little bit, brother, then we're going and get us a good example of this biblical repentance. Verse 22, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, 
save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Okay, that's the, you, that's the, you, you can turn to First um, Thessalonians chapter 1 while I'm talking, brother. Okay. He had not shunned to declare unto the Ephesian church, the Ephesian elders, all the counsel of God. So if you want to find out the deeper meanings of what Paul taught, you want to hear the detailed descriptions of he held back nothing that was profitable unto them, he said. All right? The book of Ephesians has got it all, folks. It's got the deep mysteries. It's got the gospel of the grace of God. It's got all, it's, everything's in the book of Ephesians. That's the church that did everything right doctrinally in the book of Revelation. That's the church that had, every, that had their doctrine right. They kicked out the false teachers. They did everything by the letter except for one thing. They left their first love. They lost that love of the Lord Jesus. And therefore, they got a rebuke for it and were warned by the Lord himself. They left their first love. Folks, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. These three things, faith, hope, charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Last verse in 1 Corinthians 13. Don't, that's why Brother Don screams and hollers about loving the Lord Jesus Christ. See, folks, it's not just... you. <laughs> you have to work at it. It's like your wife. You don't, hey, come on, give me a break. Remember when you first, you that are married out there, you men, you women, if there's any women in the chat room, the first six months of marriage was bliss. And then you got to, then you started realizing who one another was, and you started having to work at it, didn't you? Ain't no different with the Lord. I know when I first got saved, I'd have walked on nails barefooted to tell some, and practically did to tell somebody about the Lord and couldn't understand why they didn't want to hear the story of salvation and they didn't want to hear about this wonderful Savior. Couldn't understand why they would just look at me like I was a fool. Broke my heart. But as time went on, I got jaded a little bit, jaded a little bit more, and oh well, that's just the way it is, you know, folks. That's what I'm talking about. You have to work at it. You have to spend time with him. You have to spend time with his book. You have to spend time speaking with him in prayer. 
You have to do it on a regular basis. You have to be faithful at the work. You have to be faithful in that which is least, like I was talking about before the program started. So you can be faithful in that, and that is much. You have to spend time in his book. He is the Word of God incarnate, folks. And we have the Word of God in book form during this period of grace through faith. It's the closest thing we've got to the Word of God incarnate, big W-O-R-D. We have the little W-O-R-D. That's the closest thing we got. And they, if anybody attacks this book, it to me it's just like attacking my Savior. Because if the book's wrong, then everything we have with everything we think we know is wrong. See, they would they, they want to spin a yarn out there, you folks, but I'm telling you, you can call it what you want to. You can stick your nose up. You can laugh. You can giggle. You can turn backflips. I don't care. It's my love for the book that's kept me close to the Lord. And I'm trying to help you do the same thing. It's my love for the book the reason that I'm passionate about what I teach. I'm passionate about the book. I'm passionate about the Scripture. I'm passionate about my Lord. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, if any man love, that's phileo love, that's emotional, fleshy love, if any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, or accursed tilicom. Folks, there was a time when people trembled at this book. They trembled at the Word of God. Every benefit of the doubt was given to this book. And it has been stripped away little by little by little to where today they take it or leave it. It'll sit on people's dressers. It'll sit on the kitchen table. And it'll go months and months and months and be took, picked up out of the way and dusted under and set back down. And used to, it was read every day among our people. When we were strong, when the white Christian nations were strong, they were Bible-quoting, Bible-believing, Bible-reading people. I'm not just making that up. Don't you believe a word I just told you? Check it out. Yeah, but today we got other things to do. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's right. Because you choose to do the other things. Because you choose not to set aside a specific time, an exorbitant amount of time, with something to help you love the Lord Jesus, with something to help you get those rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, that will help you gain that inheritance, that will help you. See, it's more important about this world's things 
Folks, we're all guilty, myself included. I have to work at it just as hard as you do, but I do work at it. And I know the examples that I've given you. I know the methods to, to be able to stick close to the Lord. I know they work because I fell away from the Lord and had to come back. Therefore, I know the map. I know the pathways of getting back. I don't have any problem admitting that to you. Will save you a lot of trouble. Save you a lot of heartache. If you will just listen. Because everything I tell you is scripturally based with scripture to go right along with it. And if you deny that, you deny the book. That's the reason everything I teach has an example with scripture. Therefore, if you deny it and reject it, you reject the book. See? Repentance. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, Brother David, let's read it and see if I made this up about turning every time. Re biblical repentance is turning from something to something. Go ahead, Brother, read it. For they themselves shew of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See there? They turn from idols. See? You turn from liquor, you turn from dope, you turn from women, you turn from TV, you turn from what? You turn from sin, you get saved, you turn from something to something. You replace something else, you replace the bad with something good. Because I've mentioned it before, and in way, way back about holes in the soul. Those, those voids of what you did for so many years will have to be filled with something else or you will be drugged right back into the same stuff. Promise you, guaranteed. Been there, done that. That's what it that's that's the reason when, true repentance is turning away from something, immediately turning to something. And you turn they the Thessalonians turned from idols to serve the living God. Every biblical repentance, it takes place in the mind and works out through the heart into a physical outward action. That's true biblical repentance. It ain't just to change your mind, folks. You can change your mind about a lot of things and not do squat about it. Biblical repentance is a change of mind into the heart and out with an outward physical reaction, a turning from something to something. It always, biblical repentance always brings forth some work, some kind of outward work. I didn't say you saved by works, folks. I'm talking about love now. I'm talking about relationship now. I'm not talking about anything but that. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. They turned from idols. They got rid of their idols. And they didn't just dilly-dally around. They immediately turned to God to serve God in the local church. 
by all the dictates of that local assembly is in First and Second Timothy and Titus. But no, 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 the nickel bunch don't want to deal with that's just old letters like Brother Dave. That's just old epistles. That's just recommendations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's the Word of God with the rules and regulations set down. Amen. Whether you like them or not, it's immaterial. You'll be judged by them. How you like that? And just because some of the Judeo-Christians out there has got some of that part right, you don't want nothing to do with it because they believe the Jews are God's chosen people. Therefore, you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and suffer the consequences because you didn't have enough spiritual maturity to be able to eat the meat and spit out the bones. A baby. Folks, that's just the way it is. <laughs> I say it all the time. I'll continue to say it. Challenge anybody to prove me wrong. Paul lays the, just precept after precept after precept to a preacher, to an elder, to a pastor of a local assembly, the church of Ephesus. He's all there. First, second Timothy and Titus. The rules are there. What you're supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> ah, yes. <clears throat> to the best of my ability, like I mentioned last night, this is this, I'm as serious about this as strict nine. This is my assembly. You are my people. In my mind, in my, the Word of God, you sit under the teaching. And I take it as serious as a heart attack. And you badmouth Judeo-Christianity out there because they believe the Jew. At least they do the, a lot of the stuff they're supposed to do. You're supposed to be Israelite. You're supposed to be leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. You're the seed of Abraham. Is that right? Then you should be leaps and bounds ahead of them in knowledge and in action. Ain't that right, Brother David? Yes, sir. That's the way it's meant to be. So I could care. I, I, that's the reason it, they, it makes me want to puke when I hear some of the arguments and some of the backbiting and backstabbing and junk going on out there. I know people that send $100 a month to a Jew over in Israel. All right, $100 a month to a Jew over in Israel because they believe that that if they bless that Jew, that they're going to be blessed. And the people that do that know that book like the back of their hand. They've just got one doctrine wrong. And their eyes have been shut to that one thing. And they've got cognitive dissonance. Folks, this is just one little bit example. I know a buku of them. 
They're faithful in what they do. They talk about the Lord. They love the Lord. They raise their kids loving the Lord. They believe the book. They don't, they don't put up with any kind of bad mouth in the book. They take care of their teacher. They take care of their pastor. The way you're commanded to do. They just got the G part wrong. What's your excuse? That Israelite dog don't fly. A dog don't hunt. What's your excuse? Where two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst also. Not in my opinion. That's the Lord. Continue, brother. For they themselves shew of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. Hallelujah. We're delivered judicially from the wrath to come. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Now I'm going to show you this judicial part, and I'm going to show you the fellowship part. I talk about it all the time. I never take you to the Scriptures and show you the difference. I am right now. All right? Colossians chapter 1, brother, if you would read, um, I think it's verse 8 to about verse 14. Watch what Paul says. We're saying that wrath is God. That wrath is been satisfied. That wrath that's coming on all the children of disobedience has been satisfied by the blood of Christ. That's your judicial standing. Go ahead, brother. Start reading. Uh, verse seven. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen. We're translated into the kingdom of his dear Son. You elect of God, you're as good as there. You're as good as there. The elect of God are. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So what do you do? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Brother David. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 11 and drop down there to verse, I think it's 32. Anyway, it's the last few verses. It's where Paul gets through talking about um, the communion. And he talks about if we would judge ourselves. Start right there at that verse. Brother. Okay. What verse verse 28. 28, okay. But, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Okay, that's he's talking about the manner of partaking of the Lord's Supper. But watch what he says in verse 31 and 32. Watch what he says. Go ahead, brother. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Well, your sin was already judged at Calvary, see? That's back to Colossians. You've been redeemed. You've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. What's Paul talking about? Go ahead, brother. Verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. There you go. There's that chastening that it talks about in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, and tells you if you don't, if you're not chastened, you're not a son. You're a bastard. I didn't write it, folks. I didn't write it. If you be without chastisement, whereby all, a, all without exception, all are partakers, then are you a bastard and not a son. Are you spiritual enough? Are you grown enough in the Lord to understand when you're being chastened of the Lord? Paul just told you. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and read verse 24 and 25, brother. Okay. Okay, here we are. Verse 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men... They follow after. Likewise also, the, God, the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. See, I made that statement last night, folks. You better hope that your chastening takes place down here and not up there or not in, at the judgment, at the judgment seat of Christ. That's where you'll suffer loss in an eternal setting with a new body with an eternal body. I'm not going to get into real deep specifics, but if you think if you can if your mind will allow it for you to extrapolate that out what I'm talking about. Remember I mentioned those stripes last night, brother David. You remember it? Yes. Mhm. That the Lord talks about some people get a few, some people get many. That's the ones that sins go before some hour, the ones that are chasing here on this earth, like Paul talks about there, they're taken care of now, that we should not be condemned with the world. All right? That's, per, that's for your fellowship that has nothing to do with your salvation. You have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. For I am persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principal, all those verses. 
And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. And whom He did foreknow, whom He get called, He... Anyway, I, I can't remember the last part of that verse. Anyway, you're sanctified, you're glorified, it's as good as done. That's your, that's your judicial standing in the Lord as a son of God, a redeemed, renewed spirit, Titus 3, 5, renewed spirit, sanctified, sealed to the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 5. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. You are sealed, you elect of God, period. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The elect, three verses above, tells you. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? But how do we take care of the sinning day to day? Go to 1 John chapter 1, brother. This okay. is your fellowship. And he even tells you it's for the fellowship. Just start reading it, verse 1 and read down to verse 10 or verse 9 at the end of the chapter. Watch it close, folks. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and shew unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. Fellowship, truly, fellowship, fellowship. Go ahead, brother. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You want your joy full? You want your joy to be full on a day-to-day fellowship with the Lord? Obey what he's fixing to say. Go ahead, brother. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. You understand now why Brother David prays like he prays at the start of the program about those sins unconfessed? In case we've done something that we don't realize, to bring it to our attention, to mark it off, to get it under the blood, that's for fellowship, folks. How many times did he have to say fellowship up here for you to get it? Amen, Brother David. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Judicially, you are sealed and seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. See, you're not supposed to understand it necessarily, folks. 
but you're supposed to believe it because it's in the book. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Doesn't look like it to me. I ain't had any sleep since Saturday. But I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. How do I know that? The book tells me. I believe the book. Tear the book up, you've got nothing to believe. It goes right back to the book, right back to what I've been telling you for two years. You want fellowship with him and keep the rod of God off your back? Confess your sins daily. Write them down if you have to. And then check your mind. Check your thoughts. Well, I might think. Yeah, you're supposed to check your thoughts. The thought of foolishness is sin. Don't let that bunch of heretics try to tell you the only sin is transgression of the law. That's just one part of sin. Oh, sin is transgression of the law, and that's all they'll tell you. So therefore, if you don't kill nobody, commit adultery, covetous, all the ten, then, oh, I'm not sinning. That's not what the book says, see? They don't know the book, and if you believe it, you don't know the book. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. Those are actions. Now I'm going to show you a sin of omission. James chapter 4, verse 17. To him that knoweth to do good. You fill in the blank. And doeth it not, to him it is sin. I didn't write it. I didn't write the book, folks. I just preach it and teach it. I'm sorry you've been lied to. Paul says in first and second Corinthians, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down every imagination and every thought that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I think that's a word-for-word recital there, isn't it, Brother David? Yes, it is. Do you ever think foolish thoughts? It's a sin. I didn't write it, folks. It says the same thing in the Greek. <laughs> oh, me, I'm guilty. I have to, I've been repenting all the time. You're supposed to pray without ceasing. Why? Because you're sinning. You, your laziness is sin. Your, your, your disobedience to not to do good, you fill in the blank. You got a whole bunch of them, of the good things you're supposed to do. To him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not to him, it is sin. If we say we have no sin, we're a liar, and His Word is not in us. More to this Christian life than somebody's been telling you, isn't there? It's more than the Judeo-Christians, 99.9% of them is telling you, isn't it? Because they're not Bible believers. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, brother, and you know where I'm going. Okay. Let's read this if list. 
This has got to do with it. This is all about the elect, and it, you won't you you think that you're going to be in like Flint and have all this inheritance and have all these rewards just because you're white. I'm sorry, folks. That's not what the book says. You have a responsibility. What? Listen, your salvation is fixed. You have no... The elect are chosen of God by God from the foundation of the world all the way through. That part is sealed. Your works are a choice. And I'm fixing to show you. I'm going to let the book show you. Not Brother Don. I'm going to let the book tell you. What you do in your daily life, your daily walk, that's your choice. To do good or do bad. To obey or disobey. Start reading, brother. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Are you a faithful man? Are you faithful men? Are you a faithful woman? Then he's talking to you. Do you think you're faithful? Do you try to be faithful? Go ahead, brother. Who shall be able to teach others also. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Bingo. Number one, you want to please him that chose you? want to please God? That's the first one right there. Go ahead, brother. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strived lawfully. According to the book. The laws in the book. Not I ain't talking about the mosaic. I'm talking about the whole book. All the commandments. Oh, there's a bunch more than any ten. <laughs> there's hundreds. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? That's why judicially you're sealed. Because practically is. But for fellowship, you're judged by your motive and your love and your we on the inside, you're judged by your motive to do these things. You're judged by the quality of your work, not the quantity. First Corinthians chapter 3. We'll hit it in just a second. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. And many of those laws and commandments are found in the New Covenant, the yeah. New Testament, <laughs> and not just the Old. <laughs> That's right, brother. As a matter of fact, they tripled, double, triple, quadrupled in the New Testament. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. Go ahead, Verse brother. 6. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake. Are you the elect? That's who he's talking to. Go ahead, brother. 
that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. That's dead to this world, that's dead to the things of this world. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Go ahead, brother. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. If you're in Christ, it, you can do what you're sealed. You elect are sealed. And I mean, that, that just sounds so bad to some of those whosoever wills out there, but that's just the way it is. God don't make mistakes. Go ahead, brother. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Not, he's not talking about the words of God, folks. Okay, go ahead, brother. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. You see, that's the, one, that's the ones I was talking about last night, folks. You thought I was kidding, didn't you? That's the ones that were messing with the Thessalonians. Go ahead, brother. And overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. That's what's in the house, folks, and that is, this is a free will choice. You can either be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. And that vessel of dishonor don't get out scot-free. You may make it, but you're not going to enjoy it all. Go ahead, brother. If a man therefore purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Amen. There you go. That's just, that, I don't see, how can you get any plainer, Brother David? Yeah, that's very plain. Very, very plain. And let me, a vessel it, of honor. That's just the way it is, folks. See, they, oh my goodness. I'm I'm tired of spitting it. Read verse 24 through 26, brother. I mean, yeah, 24 through 26. Okay. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. See, I'm telling you, that's what I've been telling. Folks, you heard me say it at the beginning of the program. What edifies you, be able to get it down, be able to teach others. I'm not making this stuff up. This is not Don Spears theology. This is Bible doctrine. Go ahead, brother. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, 
if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. You got that right? It's Satan's will. It's Satan's will. They're taken captive. Doesn't sound fair, does it? Doesn't sound fair, does it? When you think in the light of eternity, when you think you don't think in the light of three score and ten, and you look at it from the light of forever and ever, it's more than fair. To whom much is given, folks, much is required. Salvation's free. It's a free gift. After you get the free gift, responsibility comes with it. The responsibility of a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3, brother, and go down there to around verse 11, I think it is, and read about the judgment seat of Christ. Let's see if they get out scot-free. This is not a judgment for sin, folks. This is a judgment of works. There's no sin involved here. This has got to do with to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. This has got to do with purging yourself. This has got to do with what you know to do right. Obey the laws. Obey the, and I'm not talking about the Old Testament in particular. I'm talking about the whole book. Paul just laid out a whole bunch for you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's a bunch more. There's, they're all through the new covenant. Heaps upon heaps. About your daily walk, your behavior, your speech. The whole works. I don't make this stuff up. This is book. This is the Bible. This is New Testament, Bible-believing, pure, straight doctrine. And because there ain't none of the rest of them out there teach you, because they're living like hell, and they wouldn't tell you. Because they'll be accountable for it themselves. They don't believe it anyway. So what could you expect? First Corinthians chapter 3, brother. Start okay. down there around verse 11. I got verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Sound familiar from what we just come from? You know what the foundation is, don't you folks? Foundation's for a house. Remember that household back there of vessels of honor and dishonor? The household of God. All right, brother, keep on. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Sort it is. Quality, 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 not quantity. Motive, motive, motive. Motive, folks, that's what sort it is. Go ahead, brother. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, 
but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And we spent, well, how many, did we spend two or three programs dealing with this subject before Brother David? Oh, yes, we certainly have. Okay. More, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, this, this is, oh, oh, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5 and read verse 10, brother. Talking about the, he, then the second letter to the Corinthians, he gives them another dose of it. It gets a little bit tougher. Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten. Mm-hmm. I'm there. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We just went over here in First Corinthians three, folks. It's it's not a judgment for sin. It's a judgment of works, good or bad. The motive, good or bad. The thoughts, good or bad. Knowing to do good and not doing it, good or bad. Over and just on and on and on. Go ahead, brother. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Therefore, knowing the terror... Of the Lord, we persuade men. Oh, I'm like I'm white DNA. I'm in like Flint. I ain't got to do nothing. I'm in. I get all inherited. I'm everything. Not according to the book, you're not. And I'm not. And David's not. There's responsibility, folks. There's responsibility. That's part. That's why repentance. That's the reason you've got a bunch of unlit candles all across this country. I mentioned it last night. I told you that it's getting less and less and less. I explained to you why that nobody else is going to tell you. Because the building for the elect is only so big. It only holds so many. The rest are whosoever wills. And their candles are not lit because the only way that evil can prosper is for good to do nothing. And there's no true repentance anymore. Repentance is not taught. It's all, oh, repeat after me, one, two, three, and you're saved and everything's wonderful. No, it's not. And the proof is in the fruit. By their fruits you shall know them. All the Joel Osteen, John Hagee, whatever. You just plug in the names of those TV preachers. Just plug them in. There's not but one out there I'd spend five minutes with. And that's Charles Stanley. That's the only one I could even think to to, to say spend five minutes with him. And it's been a long, long time. I hope he hadn't apostatized. The rest of them ain't worth a pattern shot to take to blow them to hell. Packed buildings. The Spirit of God is just as vacant from those places. That the Spirit has wrote Ichabod on these buildings in this nation. Done been wrote Ichabod in Great Britain, Ireland, Sweden, Norway, France, Germany. Done wrote Ichabod over there. 
and is writing ink about every day, every second here in the States and in Canada. Oh, there's little bitty spots, two or three here gathered. There's still few. I'm not. I'm talking about as a whole, folks. The proof, look around you. Wickedness everywhere. Their hearts are set in them to do evil. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. No repentance, no repentance, no repentance. No biblical repentance. You can change your mind 500 times a day. And if there's no outward action from that repentance, it ain't worth it ain't worth nothing except to change your mind. That's all it is. That's all it is. And folks, I used to teach that junk. I used to teach just the change of mind. Years and years ago, I bought into the mess. Folks, I've had to come out. I've had to. I've had to say I was wrong. So many times on so many things in years gone by, following the party lines. No more, Lord willing, no more. The only one I'm accountable to is God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I could care less what anybody out there says or thinks when it comes to mainstream Christianity. I care what my brothers and sisters think because we're supposed to leave, uh, have a good testimony. Let not your good be evil spoken of, see? Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Repentance, repentance. John preached repentance. Back to Luke 3, brother. I see the hand of the Lord. I see the hand of the Lord moving towards Men who are ministers, men who have large ministries, men who have many YouTube movies, many YouTube channels. I see the Lord moving towards these ministers who have many radio programs, who are invited to many radio programs, who are esteemed among white nationalists. I see these men who have their own radio stations. I see these men who have written books and who have made CDs. I see these men who are sought after. I see these men who have been given the large offerings. I see these men's and the Lord's hand moving towards these men, and in his hand is a match, and he's lighting their works. Well, they survive. Amen. Amen and amen, brother. You know, folks, there's nothing more I would love to is to be wrong about this one thing. I wished I was wrong. I would love to say, oh me, and Lord forgive me because I was wrong. I wished that the fire would light and our people would wake up and actually cry out to God and actually spend days in repentance and confession and turn these countries back upside down again. I wished I was wrong by saying it's never going to happen. I would love to be wrong about that. But the appointed times are the appointed times. And it's impossible, the Lord said, but offenses will come. But woe unto the man to whom they come. I quote it all the time. You'll never hear another preacher mention them. 
unless he's reading over them. Back to Luke 3, brother. Okay. Verse 7? Yes. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? O generation of snakes! Hey, how, you reckon they, every one of them was a Jew? Does it say that they were Jews? Does it, Brother David? No, nope. just Here called them a, snakes. That's what he calls them. Oh, we got a yep. conundrum here. We got a conundrum here. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Some folks' doctrines fall into pieces. Go ahead, brother. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham for our <laughs> father. <laughs> oh, I, I, go ahead, brother. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and saith unto them, he that hath two cloaks, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans to be baptized. And he said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. And the soldier likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latch, latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. Okay, this is John's repentance, baptism, repentance, baptism, and there's works behind every single one of them. Change your mind, outward works. Just like I told you, that's the way Paul expected it to. He, the Thessalonians repented and turned from and turned to. And he talked about what they had done, obeying the Scriptures. The Ephesians obeyed his exhortations. The Colossians obeyed his exhortations. The Corinthians were the bad apple in the bunch. 
he had more trouble with the Corinthian church than any other bunch of believers. And he, he was on their case all the time. Case in point, go back and listen to First and Second Corinthians. Turn to Acts chapter 19. Let's see if some of these folks that got through that were under that came through John's preaching. Let's see what when they run into the Apostle Paul. Let's see what happened to them. Let's see if this done them any good. I'm going to show you some folks, and nobody else going to. Maybe some folks will. I keep saying that because it's true. This transition period. This was wonderful for all these people at the period of time it took place. But it wouldn't hold in water. In Acts chapter 19, I'm fixing to show you that. Acts 19? Acts 19, start at verse 1 and read through verse 7. Now, folks, listen. The folks, these folks, watch what he says. All these people here in front of John listening to all this stuff, and it, for them at that period of time, this got them taken care of at this period of time. But I want you to watch what happens in years later to some of these people that had it taken care of back here, you're going to find out it wasn't taken care of in the future. And when we teach the book of Acts, that's what I'm going to show you guys, and I'm going to explain how it changes not only in the book of Acts, it's going to change again in the book of Revelation. Just thought I'd warn you before we get there. Go ahead, brother. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is in Acts 19. The Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2. Go ahead, brother. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye ba baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. That's the baptism we're dealing with right now, folks. Go ahead. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Okay. And Paul, in Acts chapter 2, you remember, everybody, what shall we do, they said, national Israel, all the people from all the nations, what shall we do? Peter says, Repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, these guys didn't. Paul had to lay his hands on them for them to get the Holy Ghost. What's going on? <laughs> I thought God's the same yesterday, today, forever. God is. The Lord Jesus is. But his modes of operation are not, folks. And I'm going to show you that when we teach the book of Acts. I'm going to show you that. 
Anyway, let's finish up Acts chapter 3, brother, because it ain't nothing but a genealogy, I think, the rest of the way. Acts chapter 3? Mm-hmm. I mean Luke chapter 3. Sorry. Oh, yes. Okay. I lost my Luke. Just a minute. i got to go back into Luke. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Around verse 15, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, verse 15, the paragraph mark. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him from Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which as was supposed, the son of hell. Right. As supposed, that's what people thought, yes. but he wasn't. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. Which was the son of Mathat, which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Melchi, which was the son of Janna, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Matthias which was the son of Amos, which was the son of Naum, which was the son of Esli, which was the son of Nagel, which was the son of Meth, which was the son of Mattathias, which was the son of Semai, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Joanna, which was the son of Retha, which was the son of Zorobabel, which was the son of which was the son of Neri, which was the son of Melchi, which was the son of Adi, which was the son of Kosam, which was the son of Elmodem, which was the son of Ur, which was the son of Jose, which was the son of Eliezer, which was the son of Joram, which was the son of Matat, which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Simeon, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Jonan, which was the son of Eliakim, which was the son of Meliah, which was the son of Menan, which was the son of Matahatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Booz, which was the son of Salmon, which was the son of Nason, which was the son of Aminadab, 
which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esrom, which was the son of Perez, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Pharah, which was the son of Nacor, which was the son of Saruk, which was the son of Ragel, which was the son of Phalek, which was the son of Heber, which was the son of Selah, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Arphaxad, which was the son of Shem, which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malaleel, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, Capital A, capital, capital A, just wanted to break that. Go ahead, brother. Yep, capital A on Adam, which was the son of God. Little S. Yes. Not big S. Amen. Just wanted to bring that to your attention, folks. Anyway, good job, Brother David. I don't know how you read all that. You did an excellent job with that genealogy, brother. My goodness, you did an excellent job. Appreciate it, brother. The Lord helps. <laughs> <clears throat> Folks, I want you to think about what's been said tonight, what the books had to say tonight, all right? About true repentance. If there's never been a true repentance, you downloaders, salvation in Jesus Christ is not a bunch of knowledge. It's got nothing to do with a bunch of knowledge. All right. You may be whosoever will. I, tell, I don't know. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, "Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate." Not my opinion, folks. That's what Paul told the Corinthians. Peter says, Brethren, make your calling and election sure. Was there ever any repentance? Or was it just a not head knowledge? Just you was going to start learning. Well, you was just decided you was going to learn a lot about the Bible. Is that what it was? Or was there a period in your life when you turned from something to serve the living and true God? Because when you turn from something, that means something has to go for you to take on something else. If there's never been any repentance in your life, think about it. Get alone with the Father. Ask Him. He'll show you. He'll put it in your spirit. He will. Ask Him. Examine yourself. Prove your own self. Know you not? Jesus Christ is in you. Except you be reprobate. Was there ever a time in your life when you turned from the way you were and have changed? Works meet for repentance. Fruit. By their fruits you shall know them. 
The Thessalonians turned from idols to serve the living and true God. And they were elect. But repentance was still part of their salvation. For in the wisdom of God, folks, and for in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Have you turned from anything to turn towards you or just decided you was just going to learn, like I said, get a bunch of knowledge? That's not salvation, folks. Have you ever fell in love with Jesus Christ? Has he ever been a part of your life where you loved him? If you love me, he said, keep my commandments. Paul talking to the Romans after saying that they, in Romans chapter 10, verse 3, that they, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's what Paul said in Romans 10. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. Have you submitted yourself into the righteousness of God? Have you turned from the world and turned to the Lord? Visibly, physically, mentally, the whole works. Or have you just changed your mind, decided you wouldn't study this, that, and other, you're just going to start studying about the Bible? Only you can answer that question, folks. That's between you and the Father. I'm, I do not sit here to condemn or to uplift any anybody. That's a personal thing, contrary to what some of the reprobate heretics try to teach you. The elect of God come through the same way, except they're elect. I've went through it a dozen times. They're elect. They was going to go through anyway. I understand all that. But it, but they still went through, see. They went through the door. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's elect too. Many are called, folks. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. The gifts and calling of God is without repentance. All right? That that calling's on your leg. Repentance is just just a formality because you were chosen before the foundation of the world. But still, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them and believe. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Period. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
For ye are God's workmanship, ye elect, unto good works. For the Thessalonians, folks, turn from idols to serve the living and true God. Deal with it with the Father, folks. Hey, 500 years from now, you might be glad you did. You'll remember it. See, nothing happens by chance, folks. You You didn't come here tonight by chance. In the spiritual realm, everything happens for a reason. There's no such thing as coincidence. Like Peter says, take it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which should try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. There's no such thing as coincidence. Not if you're the fathers. Or not if you're supposed to be the fathers. You're brought to a point in time, and the rest is up to you. You and and you, the elect, you'll do it, and you'll go through, it and realize you didn't have nothing to do with it. That's, I know that's deep stuff, hard to understand. Don't worry about it. Just obey what the scripture says. Paul tells you in Romans chapter six that they obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered unto them. Talking to the Romans, the elect, they obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto them. I just delivered unto you a form of doctrine. What saith thee, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There will be fruit after it. If it's true conversion, if there's true repentance, true conversion, there will be fruit after it. There will be fruit. And you know, and God knows, and the devil knows. It doesn't matter what Brother Don thinks or Brother David thinks or Brother Kevin thinks. It don't matter what any of us think, but you and the Father, that's what matters. What happens there? Amen, Brother David. Amen, Pastor. Amen. If you would, Brother, go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer, folks. And Brother David's going to dismiss us in a word of prayer, and we will meet back Friday night, and we will pick up with part four of... Prophecies in the last days and a world gone mad. Go ahead, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work that you have begun in us. We thank you that you will complete it until the day of your coming, and we will be translated and be like you and be caught up with you in the air. And, Lord Jesus, we pray that this week as we go forth that you would continue to deal with us and reveal to us those things that we need to change Show us the areas of things that we need to do for you, those things that we need to cease doing. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to us in ever-increasing ways as we hear and listen and obey. Yes, Lord. And I pray for those souls out there who heard this call to repentance and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that this that you wouldn't let them go, Lord, that you grab hold of them and continue to work with them until they repent and receive you. And I thank you for every soul that downloads, everyone that's in the chat. I pray that they all have a good evening tonight, a good night's rest, 
I pray for a good night's rest for Pastor Don, that he'd be able to sleep peacefully and comfortably, Father. And I pray for a good week for all in the Lord Jesus Christ. So be it. Amen. I love all you guys. Take care. Take care, and we'll see you Friday night, Lord willing. Good night, night, Brother David. Good night, Brother David. Good job, Brother. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That He should give His only Son. Make a wretched Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.